Welcome to Silly History, I'm Matt Pekarski. I love funny stories, especially when they come from real life. I've compiled a long list of true tales that made me laugh, and now I want to share them with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff historical figures did or said, and yet we've never heard about them. History class would have been a lot more interesting with some of these sprinkled in here and there. Not that I ever disliked learning history. Hopefully there's at least a couple of yarns you haven't heard before. Let's hear one now. Nowadays, most people don't even think twice about a woman's right to vote. All who are born in the United States or immigrants who apply for naturalization are legal citizens and given the right to vote when they are 18 years of age or older. Oh yeah, and pay taxes. Everyone looks forward to that. But just over 100 years ago, women still weren't guaranteed this right, something that took almost 100 years to attain, beginning back in the 1820s. The official women's suffrage movement officially kicked off in 1848 in the small town of Seneca Falls, New York. Also, the supposed inspiration for the fictional town of Bedford Falls in the classic Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life. In their Declaration of Sentiments, the conventional delegates of the women's suffrage movement proclaimed, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men and women are created equal. The next few decades saw slow, up-and-down growth of the movement, thanks to infighting, the Civil War, and general pushback from those holding the anti-suffrage viewpoint. But as we now know, even take for granted, the suffragettes nevertheless persisted and ultimately won. Susanna Kinsey would help move the needle, even if it was just a little. She was born to a Quaker family in 1860 and raised in Ohio until she was 12, when her family moved to Silver Lake, Kansas. While in college, she met her future husband, Louis Salter, the son of the state's former lieutenant governor. The two married in 1880 and moved down the road to Argonia, a very small town even to this day. Lewis managed the local hardware shop to pay the bills while he studied for the bar exam. Susanna worked as a mother and homemaker, and she loved her job. Seven years later, Kansas passed legislation allowing women to vote in local elections, albeit only in certain eligible towns. It would still take decades for the nation to pass its landmark law. Lewis was now working as the city clerk, and Susanna assisted with writing the town ordinances. Delving further into local politics, she discovered the community's chapter of the Women's Christian Temperance Union, one of the largest and most influential women's groups of the 19th century. Not only did she join the union, she also became one of its officers. The WCTU quickly put the issue of prohibition front and center of the local 1887 election, selecting a ticket of men whom they judged trustworthy to further their cause. There were, of course, a group of men who particularly detested the WCTU, due in large part to their constant attempts to police the men's habitual imbibing. There was no way they wanted a bunch of teetotaling stuffed shirts using the law to curb their thirst. Two men tried and failed to intimidate the women during a public assembly, heckling the group as they determined which men they would put on the ballot. The men did their best to nominate their own candidate, but to no avail. The 20 men secretly formed their own caucus in the back room of a restaurant to figure out what else they could do to stop the WCTU from putting their people into office. These women needed to be taught a lesson, put back into their place. The men decided to assemble their own list of candidates. It was identical to the WCTUs, except for one candidate. 
being the only union officer eligible for office, they put Susanna on the ballot for mayor, believing that no man would vote for a woman, thus dealing a huge blow to the movement. At the time, candidates didn't have to file until the day of the election. It was an advantage for the mob, because the element of surprise was on their side. The ballots were printed, and Susanna had no idea of what they had just done. When early voters arrived at the polls, they were shocked to see her name listed. The local chairman of the Republican Party rushed over a delegate to her house and informed her of the incident. When asked if she would accept the office if elected, Susanna said yes. When the polls closed and the ballots were counted, the 20 men got an even bigger shock. Susanna received two-thirds of the majority. Members of the WCTU, when they saw her name listed, overwhelmingly voted her into office. In their attempts to humiliate the movement, the would-be saboteurs had inadvertently elected the first woman mayor in the United States. The news spread all over the country, even overseas. It was a shot in the arm the suffragettes needed to keep pressing on. And Susanna faithfully served for one year in office, declining to seek re-election, and returned to her home to focus on taking care of her family. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production.